1: Hi, I'm Kelly Evans, host of CNBC's The Exchange, and here's what's on my mind. Just to be clear, I respect the yield curve. I always have. It goes back to the early to mid-2000s when I first started following the markets. It was obvious to a lot of the public at the time that the economy was out of whack. There was this frantic run-up in home prices and tons of house flipping, and everyone was pulling money out of their homes to spend on other things without any real fundamentals to support it. Obviously, it all ended badly in the financial crisis, the Great Recession, and a decade plus of sluggish growth that is haunting us to this day. But at the time, during the boom, most analysts and economists rolled along with the maybe things are fine and this won't be a big problem kind of narrative. The one data fly in their ointment was the yield curve. The difference between 10 year and 2 year Treasury yields fell from a high of about 2.7 points in 2003 all the way down into negative territory by early 2006. There were a lot of efforts, including by then-Fed Chair Alan Greenspan, to dismiss the curve's inversion. Greenspan called it a conundrum, and plenty of people offered explanations as to why shorter-term rates could persistently be higher than long-term ones, including Bernanke's global savings glut. But sure enough, by December 2007, the economy was in recession, and it turned out to be a pretty bad one. I've never forgotten that. That's what the market was signaling with its lower long-term than short-term rates. And that's nearly what the market is signaling right now. The same yield curve was as high as 1.5 points last March. As of this morning, it's down to less than 0.4 points. Yikes. Is it time to panic? Plenty of the financial world already is. But Michael Schumacher says not so fast. The Wells Fargo head of macro strategy was on our show yesterday, making that point, which Barry Knapp of Macro Risk Advisors agreed with. Quote, it used to be a great indicator, Schumacher said, but since the financial crisis, the shape of the curve has been a weaker and weaker indicator. Now, isn't that convenient, you might think, but there has been a big change since 2008. The Fed itself buying treasuries on and off over the years to do its quantitative easing. All the bond buying by central banks globally since then, Schumacher argues, has broken the link between yield curve shape and future growth. So it's worrisome, but it's not the indicator that it once was. Fed officials themselves are aware of this and have tried to quantify the effect their purchases have had on rates. Just last month, Fed official Esther George noted in a speech that by holding long-duration assets, the Fed's balance sheet is lowering long-term yields by as much as 1.5 percentage points, as Barry Knapp pointed out. In other words, absent the Fed, the 10-year yield would be more like 3.5 percent right now, leaving a healthy spread of about two full points between it and the two-year Treasury yield instead of the paltry less than half a point we're currently seeing, at least in theory. And again, that's why some would prefer to see the Fed run down its balance sheet, releasing treasuries into the market to normalize longer-term yields and send a reassuring signal about the economy to the markets. But the Fed has seemed reluctant to go that route, instead messaging that it will pursue rate hikes first. As a result, after CPI came in much higher than expected yesterday, Goldman now agrees with Bank of America that we could see seven quarter-point rate hikes this year. Citigroup thinks we could start off with a half-point rate hike next month. And all of these rate hike expectations are putting more and more upward pressure on short-term rates, while longer ones remain relatively languid. I certainly wouldn't want to be a regional bank dealing with this yield curve environment, but at least from a macro perspective, it's not worth sounding the alarm on growth just because the curve has flattened so much. Or to put it differently, the message from the curve seems to be asking the Fed to do more with the balance sheet, aka quantitative tightening, than through rate hikes. Thanks for listening, and be sure to follow The Exchange podcast and catch our show live weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, only on CNBC. See you then. Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career so
0: you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.